again, and welcome to another recording of the Conservative Historian Podcast. This one entitled, Never Sports. Why I am quitting sports, at least for now. July 2020. Tommy Smith and John Carlos were the two men who made the Black Power salute at the 1968 Olympics. Muhammad Ali missed the prime years of his boxing career because of his stand in the Vietnam War. Carlos Delgado, in 2004, refused to stand for America the Beautiful during the seventh inning stretch, noting that he thought the war in Iraq was, quote, stupid, unquote. In a surprising turn, well, at least by 2020 standards, Tony LaRusse and Albert Pujols attended a Glenn Beck speech in 2010 honoring veterans. And when San Francisco, 49ers backup, Quarterback Colin Kaepernick refused to stand during a national anthem in 2016. It was not a revolutionary merger of sports and politics, but a continuation of earlier efforts to use the platform for speaking rather than for playing, to talk more about politics than about sports itself. Kaepernick's motivations were to protest police brutality in the black community. Though Kaepernick's subject, Michael Brown, did not actually put his hands up and was not gunned down as, as the myth suggests. Protesting police brutality is a worthy subject. It's a worthy endeavor. And so Kaepernick's goals in this case are actually aligned with the goals of conservatives. Yet many, and including myself, were upset that Kaepernick chose to dishonor the national anthem to make his point. But he did have a price to pay in a limited way. He did lose his job. But let's be clear, having lost his job to Blaine Gabbard earlier in the season did not make Kaepernick the second coming of Tom Brady, so the decision to not bring him back was not as cut as dried as several on the left of sports would have one believe. Nevertheless, it was clear that nobody wanted Colin Kaepernick on their sidelines, and not necessarily because of his stance, and not necessarily because he couldn't be better than other quarterbacks. I give you Nathan Peterman. No, the reason is, is that football teams and most sports teams like consistency. They like focus. They like discipline. Needless to say, wherever Colin Kaepernick was going to end up, whichever team he was going to join, there was going to be a lack of focus, a lack of consistency, and a whole lot of press. And that is something that coaches and ownership probably were not really about to embrace. Kaepernick did lose his job. And to be fair, if the likes of Patrick Mahomes had done uh, done such a thing, it is likely the NFL would have found a way to keep him. Since that incident, Kaepernick has landed on his feet with a very lucrative contract with Nike. And since the murder of George Floyd, his stock has skyrocketed because Kaepernick is in the wonderful position of saying, quote, I told you so. Now, neither myself, and I would imagine neither Colin Kaepernick would wanted to have been in that position under the circumstances. We would all be much better off if George Floyd were still alive. But it did happen, and Kaepernick, in that regard, was actually proven correct. The murder of George Floyd has accelerated the leftward tilt of sports, but that was not its inception. Successive Olympians did not duplicate the, pack, the black power salute of Smith and Carlos to any significant degree. Ken Norton, Joe Frazier, and George Foreman all continued to box. 
Delgado sat alone in the dugout during those seventh inning stretches. And though other NFL players did join Kaepernick, it was not a majority. That has changed. And despite the murder of George Floyd, a lot of the reasons and a lot of the focus within these sports has changed as well. The why includes many different reasons from the rise of TV sports personality versus the sports writer, the inclusion of athletes, educated and woke principles, and the insertion of 24-hour news cycles so starved for content where only covering the games is not enough. Here's how Sean Davis, writing for The Federalist on April 26, 2017, put it. Quote, Instead of expanding its pie by combining two types of mass media content, ESPN ended up communicating to half its audience that it didn't respect them. How? By committing itself entirely not to political news, but unceasing left-wing political commentary. Unquote. As far as an example, in just two years, ESPN gave their, quote, courage, unquote, award to the first openly gay football player, and then to Caitlyn Jenner, former decathlon gold medalist Bruce Jenner. Were these positive things? Yes, welcoming gays into the NFL is fine. And if somebody wants to do a trans surgery or maybe they do not feel as if they were a man and wish to become a woman, that is an individual choice that they can make. But is that why we tune into sports? No. Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier was a big deal. He did this in 1947, seven years before the end of segregation and nearly 20 years ahead of the Civil Rights Act. His teammates were at best tepid about his playing with them. He received racist taunts, hostile crowds, and genuine threats to his physical well-being. Medgar Evers was killed 14 years later, 14 years after Jackie Robinson joined Major League Baseball, for trying to end segregation in the South. Against this context, Michael Sam was fated by ESPN, celebrated by his coach, and praised by his fellow players. He received standing ovations from the crowds. Yet sports, especially ESPN, is in the constant need for the next first, as long as that first supports progressive politics. My father gave me my first Sports Illustrated when I was 16 years old, and I have read each weekly magazine nearly cover to cover for the 35 intervening years since. I love sports, passion, teamwork, and individual achievement. I love that Joe Barry Carroll had the talent but not the drive. Dennis Rodman, in his quirky, strange way, was the opposite. He didn't have that much, as much talent, but by golly, he sure did have the drive. Michael Jordan had both. And as for football, when one grows up in East Central Wisconsin, the Packers are, to paraphrase St. Lombardi, not everything, they're the only thing. I watched the mediocrities of David Whitehurst and Coach Dan Devine. I watched Favre bring the third Super Bowl, but it was my first. I saw Aaron Rodgers win the fourth Super Bowl, and my son was so excited he told me, quote, I am shaking, unquote. Now, my left brain side sometimes reminds me that I'm putting my emotional well-being into something I have zero control or influence. When the Seattle Seahawks win, it is not because of the myth of the 12th man, but because Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and Pete Carroll knows how to coach. Home teams win not because of the crowd, but because they sleep in their beds and do not have to fly five hours. 
I worked for Automatic Data Processing. It was one of their 55,000 employees. I had more influence on that organization than I ever will on the success or failure of the Green Bay Packers. But my right brain loves sports. I love the green and gold jersey, the tailgating at Lambeau, the sight of a perfect Rodgers spiral to Devontae Adams. I loved it when LeBron James took Cleveland onto his back and brought the first title to his home city in over 40 years. I loved it when the women's soccer team dominated the world for successive World Cups. Heidi Wombach headers, Lloyd Hattricks, Rapino tenacity and Morgan gracefulness. All wonderful. I've taken my son to AAA games, watched tennis with my daughter, and watched Olympic gymnastics with my wife. Forget Michael Jordan. If you ever want to see a human with the power of flight, watch Simone Biles. I have noted earlier that Kaepernick paid a price. What upsets me about much of sports, but particularly the NBA, is that they are progressive on issues within the United States. But when it comes to China, a lucrative revenue source, they are not only quiet but will muzzle dissent. When the Houston Rockets GM dared to support freedom in Hong Kong, he was reprimanded. LeBron James said of one incident of police brutality, quote, I cannot even leave my home, unquote. What a ludicrous thing to say. If LeBron James were ever pulled over, his biggest concern would be the cops wanting him to sign too many autographs and to take too many selfies, not any physical threat to his well-being. He makes nearly nine figures a year but complains about the United States, but again, never about China. This very week, we have learned that China might be practicing a forced sterilization on Uyghur women a forced sterilization upon them based because they are an ethnic and religious minority. Can you imagine if anybody even suggested that? They would be laughed off. They would be consigned to the, to the fringes forever, never to get a platform, never to be listened to, and rightly so. The point is LeBron can have it both ways. He can be an activist but not pay a price. And that is hypocrisy. So what exactly is sports? Sports does not directly contribute to the well-being of humanity. One cannot eat it. One cannot drive it. It does not cure a disease. It does not reduce physical pain. And unless one is employed by one of the leagues, it does not directly generate income. In fact, it takes income from hundreds of millions of people. But sports exist to entertain, to make one feel excited, to turn up emotions, and in some cases, especially when your team wins the Super Bowl, to be happy, even ecstatic. It is to provide a sense of camaraderie with other fans and even serve as a fun way to debate those fans of opposing teams. Yet, it is one thing to raz a Chicago Bears fan about their quarterback situation, and quite another to discuss with a fellow sports enthusiast about the nature of systematic racism within the United States. If you are reading this now, you know I derive my basic income from politics. I love politics, and I love sports, but I love each for entirely different reasons. Yet the powers that be, from LeBron James to Adam Silver, to the WNBA players 
And those players who denigrated Drew Brees for having the temerity to support the national anthem and that which it stands for are using sports to advance a particular political agenda that will transform the greatest nation to ever have graced this planet. Muhammad Ali stood alone, but in 2020, sports are unified in not just following a progressive vision, but also thrusting it in our face and demanding that we adhere to their worldview. As the progressives would say, quote, silence is violence. Well, no, violence is violence. And just as speech should be free in the United States, so should someone's opportunity to stay silent as well. So what about George Floyd? Of course I condemn his murder. But there are platforms, thousands of them, where his death is being condemned. Thousands of places where police reform is being debated. Is there an American who has not heard of his death and which saying an American does not desire police reform? Or who thinks that Derek Chauvin, the police officer in question, acted appropriately? I don't think he did. But this murder is being pushed too far in suggesting that America itself, and thus all Americans, are complicit in his murder. That is why today the national anthem is being denigrated not just by a few activists, but by all of sports itself. Yesterday, the WNBA players did not even kneel during the anthem. They walked out on it. For me, that is the line. It is time to pay the price, albeit not very large in the scheme of things. I will have enough food. I will always have decent health care, and I have an awesome group of friends and family. I just will no longer have sports. I have shut down my ESPN account, canceled my tickets, I turned off Red Zone, no more game night, all of it. What will this, actually, this dramatic act (laughs) mean for sports? As far as my personal decision, almost nothing to sports. My roughly 1000 per year spend is a drop in a bucket floating in an ocean compared to the nearly $75 billion we spend in total sports in this nation. But I suspect I'm not alone in this. But I'm not doing this to start a movement, but rather because I get politics on the New York Times. I get politics from the Washington Post. I watch both Fox News and CNN. I have a Twitter feed. uh, Alert out to to you listeners. Twitter actually has politics on it. I know, shocking. I have my own YouTube channel. I have my own website. I just do not need it with sports teams anymore. I get politics. I love politics. But I just don't want it with sports. Is this permanent? I sure hope not. And I keep thinking of Sean Connery in the aptly titled James Bond thriller, Never Say Never Again. But when my sports leagues, and especially the players, and I mean especially the players, recognize the value they have not just by playing, but by being in the United States and providing some of that recognition and providing some of that appreciation, I will come back with alacrity. What sort of appreciation? The NBA average salary is $8 million, $8 million per year. That is the average salary. And yet, you're going to walk out on the national anthem 
as the WNBA just did? Is that what you're going to do? Well, I'm not Adam Silver. I can't. There's nothing really I can do. All I can do is just stop paying and stop watching. So instead, I'm going to pick up a good book. I'm going to watch a good movie. But the movie will probably not be about the wonder of sports.